a mind to seek God. We thank God for never losing the hunger. There's a song that we sing that says, May we never lose our hunger. Amen. May we never lose our hunger. May we never lose our thirst. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So today we're going to talk about for a short while positioning for and outpouring. Amen. You guys have been having a great time. I've been in meetings all day. I heard y'all though. We thank God. Got to minister tonight too at seven at another church. But I thank God for this opportunity. Positioning for an outpouring. Amen. Book of Joel chapter 2 verse 28. Our main scripture says. And it shall come to pass afterward. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Somebody shout everybody. Everybody. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. Now I know that that's, that's the maiden scripture for today's time of impartation. But I want you to drop down to verse 32. Because that's the verse that gets left out when we read about the outpouring, what gets left out is the purpose. Somebody shout, there's a purpose behind the outpouring. There's a purpose behind the outpouring. You know, like right now, as we're in this building, it's, it's throwing down outside. And, and there's a reason for that. Somebody shout, God got trees to water. <laughs> oh, hello, somebody. Isn't it amazing that God did not consider the fact you just washed your car? The rain wasn't made for your car wash. It was made for the nourishment of God's trees and his plants and his flowers. Amen. Even the rain has a purpose behind it. Somebody shout the outpouring, the outpouring has a purpose behind it. Now, I believe it's important that we talk about the purpose behind the outpouring, because I'm quite frankly, as an apostolic leader, this is one of the reasons that I don't I don't necessarily do revivals. Hello, somebody. I, I leave the revivals to the evangelists and to the fancy folk. I like doing things that have a lot to do with reformation. Somebody shout reformation. reformation. Why? Because if we revive you to the dead stuff you've been doing, you're going to die again. Oh my God. But look somebody tell me, but if we change how we're doing things. Oh, come on somebody. If we come current with what the Spirit of the Lord is doing now, how about we remain in a vein called flow? Oh, hello somebody. Somebody shout, the wet comes with the water. So what I've learned is stay in the water. Amen. You know, what gets me is sometimes we have one person dry and they call a whole revival for everybody over their dryness. All right. We're not, I'm not getting missy today in the place, but one, we got all of us. Now we got to come out for three nights because you can't find God. But how many know the wet comes with the water? Amen. You know, if you walk outside right now, you're going to get what? Wet comes with the water. And the longer you stay out there, the wetter you get. Because the wet comes with the water. Test my stay in the water. So I don't mind conversations around outpouring. But the question is, what are you going to do when it pours out? Oh, come on, somebody. What are you going to do with what you are receiving? That's the most important question. And I want to take you back to the beginning. Because the clues to the end are found in the beginning. Say that with me. The clues to the end are found in the beginning. So we're going to go in just a moment to Acts 2, but I want you to look at verse 32 of the same chapter, Joel, 
because there's something in verse 32 that's connected to verse 28 and 29 that we seldom hear anybody talk about. And that is the purpose of the outpouring. Luke says in verse 32, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Somebody shout, the outpouring, the outpouring. is for salvation. for salvation. Come on, somebody. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance. Somebody shout deliverance. deliverance. Somebody shout the outpouring is for deliverance. So now watch this now. So if you get poured into, who is going to be delivered as a result of the outpouring in your life? If you get poured into, who's coming to salvation because you got it poured into? The outpouring is not for novelty. Write this down if you're taking notes. The outpouring is not for novelty, it's for necessity. Somebody shout, I need to be in this generation right now. Why? Because God has a purpose. Amen? And my presence is paramount to that purpose. Y'all got that? So the outpouring is not for novelty, it's for necessity. Y'all got that? The purpose of the outpouring is salvation and deliverance. We're supposed to, by virtue of the outpouring of God's Spirit in our lives, there's something about your life that is supposed to make people hungry for God. Come on, tell your neighbor, there's something about your life that is supposed to make people hungry for God. I want you to ask your neighbor, is your life making people hungry for God? People should want to draw closer to God because you're in their lives. Come on, somebody. And what I oppose to is outpourings on Friday and depression on Monday. Come on, somebody. I'm opposed to outpouring on Friday and stagnancy on Saturday. Because if you receive, then you're supposed to be a distributor of what it is you have received. Amen or amen. Somebody shout, it's time for us to get it together. So I want to look at the mechanics of the last outpouring. Because as I said earlier, amen, the mechanics of the last outpouring are the same as the mechanics of the first outpouring. Somebody shout, whatever God was doing. That's what God is doing. Oh, hello, somebody. I'm trying to figure out what God is up to, what he's always been up to. Come on, somebody shout, ain't nothing new but how to do it. Um, Y'all did not hear what I just said. Somebody shout, ain't nothing new but how to do the same thing. So we got the same mission, and the only thing that has changed is our methodologies. We got the same pur purpose. Only thing changed is the persons. Oh, come on, somebody. What God was up to is what God is up to. None has changed but the times. Y'all got that? And the methodologies through which we carry out the same mission. Y'all got that? So many don't understand that there is a positioning that precedes the outpouring. Somebody shout, you gotta be positioned for outpouring. Now look over to Acts chapter one if you would. Amen? And in Acts chapter one, verse one, it reads the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Somebody shout, Jesus began. It says, all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something. The text says here, and this is a prerequisite to the outpouring. It talks about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So the outpouring is what empowers the sons of God to do what Jesus was doing and to teach what te Jesus was teaching. Y'all got that? In other words, and I want you to make note of this, Jesus finished our redemption. 
but he began reconciliation. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Somebody shout, redemption is finished. Reconciliation is still ongoing. So the, watch this now. So the purpose of the outpouring is reconciliation. Y'all got that? What good is outpouring? What good is God dumping out his favor and fullness in our lives if we don't use the grace that is in this outpouring in order to reconcile men to God? Y'all got that? So Jesus finished reconciliation, but he's finishing, watch, he finished redemption, but he's finishing reconciliation through us. Y'all got that, believers? Got it. Says on verse two, until the day which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commands unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Write this down. Positioning for leaders means that we have to be willing to receive instructions, instructions on how to continue what it is Jesus had began. Y'all got that? We got to make sure that we understand the mind of the spirit so that we can align ourselves with God's intention in our generation. It says in verse three, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible works, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse four, and being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he you have heard from me. Now watch what he says here. Don't start until he imparts. Oh, hello somebody. Somebody shout, don't start until he imparts. And that means that the outpouring is about working in another spirit and working in another dimension. Write this down. Longevity comes from starting right. You know why people wear out? They don't start in the Holy Ghost. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Things don't go wrong, they what? They begin wrong. If you don't start in the Holy Ghost, then you won't have the power of the Holy Ghost. And so that's why he said here that we are to wait until we are endued with power. Wait, oh my God, wait until something is imparted into us from God. There are things God gives you instructions for, for that you don't have impartation for. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Oh my God, y'all hear what I said? Somebody shout, instructions come before impartation. Now this is the reason that a lot of people fail in walking out the plan of God and they fizzle out. Ask me why. They fizzle out because they got instructions. What do you mean by that? I know I heard from God. But there has been no impartation. Because before we start moving in what God has said, somebody shout, there has to be an impartation. Somebody shout, there has to be a measure for movement. You better elbow your neighbor and tell them there has to be a measure for movement. Ask somebody, do you have the measure for movement? Listen, be, oh my God, because if you have the measure for movement, then it's not you moving it. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Say it with me, if I have the measure for movement, it's not me moving it. Come on somebody, but now here's the thing. If you move without the measure, you gotta keep moving it. Did it? Is anybody listening? Tell somebody you better wait on God. Why? Just because you got instructions don't mean you got an impartation. Somebody shout, there's a measure for movement. And when you are moving in the measure that God gave you, write this down. You never wear out, you never burn out, you never tire out, you never fizzle out. Somebody shout, because I'm operating in a measure for movement. That's why we don't see any of the apostles depressed and burn out. Oh my God, help me. I need a. 
I need a break for ministry. I, I read all the epistles Paul the Apostle wrote. I don't see nowhere in there he took a break from ministry. Hello? Y'all that got quiet in this Presbyterian church. I read the epistles that Peter wrote. I don't see where it says that Peter went on a sabbatical and stopped carrying out the mission. These people were so impacted by Jesus' life and full of his spirit that they learned how to walk in his strength. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? Tell somebody, learn how to walk in his strength. Listen to myself, this is not you doing it. If it is, you doing it quick. You know what I was talking about? Uh, hello. I talked to a pastor one time and said, I'm thinking about quitting ministry. You know what I told him? I said, if you can, you should. Y'all do not understand what I'm saying. Pastor, you're supposed to tell people to hold on. No, I'm telling people, let go. Because you may be holding on in your own strength. You may be stubborn about something you never were called to. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Somebody shout, if it's God's measure, then I'm moving in God's power. So it's possible to get instructions, but no, you don't have an impartation. Now why? Because God did not just give these people instructions. He said, I want you to wait right here. There's somebody shout, the impartation is my confirmation. Oh my God, help me. The impartation is my confirmation that it's time to move. Is anybody hearing me? The impartation is my confirmation. You know what gets on my nerve? People running around to get confirmation. I think the Lord told me to do this. What you think? That ain't, that's not your confirmation to move. Oh God, the impartation is your confirmation to move. This is what Jesus said. Wait until you be endowed with power from my Father. Somebody shout, that's an impartation. Somebody shout, that's the confirmation. Tells my now move. Y'all got that? Yes, so I've learned that things do not go wrong, they start wrong. And a lot of people start with information, but they've not spent, an, oh my God, but they've not spent enough time in the presence of God for an impartation, so they're able to operate out of the measure, and if you're not in the measure, you're in your own strength. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? You're either in the measure or your own strength. Y'all got that? Now watch what it says here in verse five. Acts 1.5, for truly John baptized with water. Somebody shout, that's not enough. not enough. But you must be, you will be, oh my God, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from here. Y'all got that? Watch what he said. John baptized with water, right? But you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. I want you to take note of this. The outpouring is for the people that do not camp around what God did. Y'all did not hear what I just said. The outpouring is for people that don't camp around what God did. Y'all got that? It is for people that have a spirit and a mind to receive and to expect greater dimensions from God. Somebody shout, I'm expecting a greater dimension from God. Y'all got that? So in other words, when it's, walk, when it's talking about walking with God, it's not about what God did. It's about what is God doing. Somebody shout, what is God doing? Well, and let me show you something. These little segues in between the movements of God. Watch this now. These little segues in between the movements of God. Somebody shout, in between every move of God, there's another deliverance I got to go through. Anybody figured that out yet? And, oh my God, why? Because when you're fighting battles over the measures you're operating in, you find out some things about you that you would have never known. So in the, watch it now. So in those segues between movements, somebody shout, I've got to go through deliverance again. 
Now, why? Because I, oh my God, because I discovered some things about myself that I would not have known if the enemy had not attacked that area again. Now, you know why it's important that I explain this? Because some people get distracted. They stop coming to church. They check out of the process. Why? Because they found something about themselves in warfare they didn't like, and they were too embarrassed to continue in the fight. Y'all did not hear what I just said. I thought I was delivered, but it looks at my time I stumbled on something else I need deliverance from. Oh, hello. You know why I got to say this? Tell somebody, that is normal to the journey. Tell your neighbor, that is normal. Tell somebody, don't you let the devil pump you out of your assignment because you know you found something else you need deliverance from. That's the way you know you're on the right track because the enemy is once again trying to throw something at your mind, throw something at your heart. That's how you know you're going the right way. But don't let the enemy punk you out of your assignment over something that you discover about yourself in the battle. Look, somebody tell me, at least I'm still in the battle. Y'all got that? So that's part, somebody shout, that's part of the process. Now watch this now. He says in verse eight, drop down to verse eight. But you shall receive power, oh my God. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall, watch this, and you shall be, somebody shall be, somebody shall be. He didn't say you'll do witnessing. Come on. He didn't say you'll do witnessing. He said you will be my witnesses. You'll be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Y'all got that? Somebody shout the power of God takes the limits of my life. You better tell your neighbor right there. The oh my God. The power of God takes the limits of my life. You know what they said? He said, if you wait for empowerment, if you operate in the measure, you will operate without limits. You'll keep growing. You'll keep going. You'll keep evolving. You'll keep moving. You'll succeed so much people will get tired of your success. Oh, y'all. All right. So y'all don't know what I'm talking about now. Y'all haven't, haven't seen that one yet, have you? Hello, somebody. So don't worry. Watch it now. So don't worry about the times and the seasons. This is what he tells them because of what they asked in verse 7. He said, don't worry about the times and the seasons. Be concerned about effectiveness. He said, you will be. Somebody shout, I will be before I do. Now, now here's the key. Make sure you be whatever you're trying to do. Hello? Make sure you be conditioned. B speaks of your condition. Do speaks of your activity. And nothing worse than trying to do all this activity from a broken condition. Oh my God. Somebody shout, my condition is more important than my activity. Oh God, help me. Y'all got that? This is why a lot of people don't last at what we do. This is why a lot of people become prophetic roadkill. Always getting hit by something in the realm of the spirit. Hello, prophetic roadkill. You look at them, they run over again. They got tire, tire marks on their back. Somebody shout prophetic roadkill. Why? Because they're trying to do without being. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Ask somebody, what are you? Come on, ask somebody, what? I didn't ask you, what do you do? I asked you, what are you? Because it's pretty simple. If you a tank, you made for battle. Y'all hear what I A tank does not have to brag about being battle ready. You look at it and see how it functions, and you know it's battle ready. Somebody shout, I'm a tank. And that, my, what I am tells you 
you don't hear a tank going, I'm battle ready. Hello, somebody. What I am tells you what I'm, what I'm, re- what I'm made for. Oh, God, help me. What I am, say it what, what I am, tells you what I'm made for. So now, if I am, if I am a witness of Christ, right? If I am a witness, and that's the question. Are you a witness of Christ or a reporter? Hello? Tell somebody there's a difference between a witness and a reporter. A witness has firsthand experience, a firsthand account. Mano e mano. John said we have touched it, we have handled the word of God. A reporter is only telling you what they heard from a witness. Oh my God. My mama said walking with God, no, that ain't gonna work. My apostle said, tell my that ain't gonna work. If you operate on what apostle said, you're a reporter. Oh my God, do you have any experience with the stuff coming out of your mouth or are you regurgitating what you heard on the internet? Come on, do you have any experience with the stuff you're talking about? Or are you regurgitating what you heard some famous prophet say? Because if you just regurgitate what you heard somebody in the kingdom say, somebody shout, that's a reporter. You may as well be on the news. Because all you're doing is reporting. Somebody shout, there's no power in reporting. Oh, but if you're a witness. Ah, somebody shout, I got it on the inside. Tell somebody I got to stay in power. Because what I got, I didn't hear from somebody else. Oh, my God. I've got to stay in power because what I got, I got by relationship with Jesus Christ. What I got, I got through relationship with the Holy Ghost. Y'all got that? Somebody shout, I'm a witness. Now watch this now. He said in verse 13, and when they were all come in, they went up into an upper room where there abode Peter, James, and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Y'all see that? So now I want you to notice something. I want you, I want you to notice that they were not having church to be having church. Come on. Tell somebody, they weren't going through the motions. Listen to this. This is so critical what I'm going to show you. They were laboring to understand the mind of the Spirit. Oh, God help me. Lord, what are you up to and how do I press into it? Say it with me. Lord, what are you up to and how do I press into it? This was not just mindless of, watch this. This was not just mindless church activity. I was talking to somebody this week about this, right? They were sitting in my office and they were telling me how they applied the stuff I teach. Like, I, I did what you said and this stuff works. And they're new. Y'all know it works for new people. No, it does. It really does. Because new people don't take it for granted. Hello. And they said, they said, man, this, I did what you said. And they said, literally, it's happening like that. It's happening like that. And I said, you know why it works for you is because you still, you believe. I said, and what I discovered is that it's possible. I know people that come to this church hearing the same word you do and receive nothing from it. Because they ain't even paying attention to it when it comes forth. No. They met the quota. They came to the building and sat down. And they're, meanwhile, they're dismissing the things that are coming forth. 
because this has become their habit. Oh, this has become what their body will do this, even if their mind is not involved. Y'all did not hear what I did. All right, anybody ever been off and found yourself driving on the way to work? And you're like, oh Lord, how in the world? I'm off today, right? Your body nowhere to go, even though you're in your health. Your body just won't where it go. Hello, somebody. Anybody ever moved to a new location and find yourself driving to your old house? Because your body nowhere to go. Now your heart, you have the new house, but your body's still going to the old house. And that's exactly what happens with church. There are some people that come to church every single week, hear series after series, and learn nothing because they're completely disengaged from the revelation that is coming forth. They're completely disengaged because this is their habit. And when you're in habit, you're on autopilot. You learn nothing in habit. Oh, come on. Anybody learn how to breathe today? Right now, you learn how to breathe today. Anybody learn how to walk today? So it's just, it just walking, it's just breathing. You didn't learn anything by doing those activities. And there's some people come to church and don't learn anything by doing those activities because it become in their mind part of their habit. Y'all got that? They're fractured all over the place. They're not even in worship. If God is moving, they're not involved. Oh God, they just have to watch who God moving on. Hello, why? Because you've disconnected from what God is doing. These people did not go into the upper room to have another church service. Y'all got that? Somebody shout, I'm involved with what God is doing. They were laboring to understand the mind of the spirit. God, you're doing something here, and what is my part? Why? Because after we leave this room, I've got to function in this measure. So come on, say that with me. After we leave this room, I've got to function in this measure. You better tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, after we leave this room, I have got to function in this measure. I'm not dismissing this word. I've got to function in this measure. Hallelujah. And that's how you should think every time you come into the presence of God. Oh, my God. Something is going to be imparted that's going to increase my capacity or functionality. Ask somebody, is that how you come to church? See that? Some people come to church, you worry about what somebody got on. Hello, somebody. Worrying about things that ain't got nothing. How do you know that many of this become habitual and ritual and completely non-effective? Because you won't even change where you sit. And if you won't even change where you sit, I know you won't change your posture. If you won't change your posture, you refuse to change your seat. Oh, all right, let's move on. Yeah, it's, it literally, it comes down to something as simple as that. I had somebody called a couple of weeks ago, somebody that's a new member of our church, right? And I noticed they, normally, they sit over here, they would sit way over here, and then they met with me, and they said, you know, I sat on the other side of the church. Like, I know, I saw you move, right? I received so much on that side. And you might think that's strange, right? Until you realize that there's a pocket of familiarity that was forming on this side. And once you get into familiarity, you get out of flow. You better tell your neighbor. Once you get into familiarity, you better tell your neighbor. Once you get into familiarity, you get out of flow. And that means that you will watch new people benefit gigantically from stuff you've been exposed to for the last 15 years. Why? Because you're committed to me, but you're not in the flow of what God is doing through me. It's a familiar commit, uh, commitment and a familiar connection. You committed to the man, but not the spirit working through the man. And that's where the commitment has to be. It has to be to what the spirit of the Lord is doing. Y'all understand that? You know, and I'm mindful of that, even when God is speaking through my spiritual father. I don't see David Boyd. 
No, no, no. God's saying something to me right now. God is correcting something in me right now. God is instructing me right now. God is teaching me right now. God is imparting something right now. Y'all understand that? My spiritual leader has the right to correct me. You understand that? And even when he don't know he's doing that, he's doing that. He does it directly and indirectly. That makes sense? Because I'm ready to receive something from God every time I get in his presence. Y'all got that? And I've chosen to stay out of familiarity with him. Because when you get in familiarity, you get out of flow. Come on, warn your neighbor. Say, neighbor, when you get in familiarity, you get out of flow. And you can't afford to get out of flow. Look at the last time you got out of flow and what it did to your mind. Y'all got that? For the sake of your mind, you better stay in the spirit. All right, hello, somebody. I said, for the sake of your mind, you better stay in the spirit. Why? Because you're at your most powerful when you are a spiritual being. Because if you got the spirit, if you get out of the spirit, then you get into your mind. Remember what happened last time you got into your soul? Hello, somebody. Now watch this now. It says in verse 15, amen? In verse 15, it said, And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, and that is the name of the number of them were about 120, right? Men and brethren, the scriptures must need to have been fulfilled which the Holy Ghost spake by the mouth of David concerning Judas, which was the guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained a part of the ministry. Now this man purchased the field with the reward of iniquity and fallen headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem in so much that the field is called in the proper tongue killed them up. That is to say the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms that his habitation be desolate and that no man dwell therein. And his bishopric let another take. And therefore these men, having, which having accompanied us all the time that the Lord went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from us, must be one ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And when they prayed and said, Lord, you know the hearts of these men. Show us which of these two you have chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles, that is, becoming the twelve. Now I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice that in the midst of this assembly of purpose, somebody shout, assembly of purpose. You know what I got? I want to tell you right now, it, oh my God, in every assembly where the Holy Spirit is, there's always a purpose. If any two be gathered together, there I am where? I'm in the midst of them. In, in, oh my God. In any assembly where the Holy Spirit is, somebody shout, there's always a purpose. Now, now, positioning for outpouring. Your job is to discern what the purpose of that assembly is. Y'all did not hear what I just tell you. You cannot discern the purpose of an assembly comparing it to the last one. You cannot, you cannot discern the purpose of an assembly trying to make it like the last one. That's a mistake. When you come into the presence of God trying to recreate a 
experience you have in the presence of God, you're missing God. You cannot, you cannot recreate it. You can only align with it. Oh, I see worship leaders trying so hard to redo what happened last Sunday. And I'm like, quit now. It ain't gonna work. Your job is not, your, it's not your job to try to recreate the last experience you had at your conference. Come on, somebody. It's your job to understand the purpose of the assembly and flow with the Spirit of God. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you right now? So this is where a lot of people miss it, is that they don't understand. Somebody shout, each assembly has a God-ordained purpose. Your job is to extrapolate from it. This is why y'all got to work hard to make sure you don't get distracted. Tell somebody, put your hater blockers on. If you got to wear shades the whole time you're in church because you don't know what to do with your eyes, hello, but do something. But you got to make sure that you are undistracted so you don't miss the moment you're supposed to miss. Y'all got that? In every assembly, there is a purpose. And you got to make sure you don't miss that purpose. Does that make sense? There's something you'll discern. You know, somebody that's not even the main speaker might say something. You're like, ah, God, that's it right there. It could be one song. It could be in the prophetic dance that come forth. It could be in the prophetic word. Y'all got that? It could be in the person sitting next to you. Y'all got that? In every assembly, somebody shout, there is a purpose. Your job is to be able to discern that purpose and to extrapolate from that experience the thing God wanted you to get so that you can go on in the spirit of why God brought you into the assembly. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. You got to be able to go on in the spirit of why God brought you into an assembly. Is this over your head? Because I'm feeling like, are y'all getting what I'm telling you? Somebody shout, there's a spirit behind this thing. Spirit is the essence of a thing. See, we come to a building. Right? We don't understand. We really come to a moment. Oh, God. God. This is not about the building. It's about this moment. Oh, God. It's about a fullness of time. It's about a divine intersection. It's about divine understanding. It's about a divine awareness. It's about something God will do in you if you don't let somebody distract you. Y'all got that? And when you're in the presence of God, there's nothing other than the presence of God that should be on your mind paramount, but the presence of God. Y'all got that, believers? Somebody shall stay focused. So in the midst of prayer, the Holy Spirit inspired Peter, watch this, to reestablish God's order. You know what God said? You know what Peter said? Somebody shout, 11 is not the number. My God, my God. 11 is not the number. 12 is that number. Why? Somebody shout foundations. foundations. 12 is a number of foundation. 12 is a governmental number. Y'all got that? Notice God did not move until somebody got past what Judas did. <laughs> Hello? Notice God did not move until somebody got past what Judas did. I'm going to say that again. Sometime what's causing you to be disconnected from the move of God is what somebody did. And when you're in the presence of God, you should not be thinking about what some leader did and they supposed to be a leader. You missing God. You missing God because you're focusing on something other than the move of God. Y'all got that, believers? God did not move until somebody got past what Judas did. And somebody, watch this, put it back in order. Y'all got that? 
somebody put things back in alignment with God's intention. That's somebody being Peter. So now watch this now. So we know this heaven has 12 foundations with the 12 names of the apostles. Now, if it is that way in heaven, remember, heaven has already existed with these 12 apostles and 12 foundations, right? So if it is that way in heaven, it has to be that way for heaven to be here. You'll never get God to come to a broken pattern. Y'all did not hear what I just told you. You'll never get God to come to a broken pattern. So God says, I'm going to wait till you get 12. Why? Because where I am, there's 12. Your kingdom come, your will be done, and as it is. As, somebody shout, as it is in heaven, so we must do in earth. Now, you know what I just told you? What I just told you is how to get an outpouring. I literally just told you how to get an outpouring. Tell somebody, take this home and get your own outpouring at home. Come on, tell your neighbor, take this home and get your own outpouring at home. Y'all hear me? You get your own, literally, thank God for stepping. This will be unnecessary next year. Because if you take this home, you get your, hello, you get your own outpouring at home. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? Literally. By following the, the print, there's a principle here. Somebody shout, God is a God of order. Literally. You want to stay at a place where the glory, oh my God. Mm. Huh. Oh God. You want to stay in a place where the glory of God keeps pouring his intention in your life? Stay in order. If you get out of order, rebuke yourself and get back in order. Come on, tell my rebuke yourself and get back in order. If you stay in God's order, you remain in the, you remain a recipient of the outpouring. The outpouring is about order. It's about pattern. God is a God of pattern and order. Poor patterns manifest glory. Order causes an outpouring. Y'all got that? God always hangs around what looks like him. And God is a God of order. Y'all got that? So now watch this now. And then I'm going to close with this. Because this is a perfect example, what happened in Acts is, a, is, is, a, uh, uh, is directly in alignment with what happened in Exodus chapter 40. Y'all remember in Exodus chapter 40, Moses had built everything according to the pattern. Somebody shout pattern. Patterns represent something in the order of God. Okay? When Moses had done everything according to the pattern that God showed him on the mountain, Exodus 40 says, the glory of the Lord filled the temple so the priests were not able to minister. Isn't that something? Somebody shout, glory, glory. comes from following patterns. Now I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to think about this. For every one of us right now, there's a pattern of living the Holy Spirit described to you that pertains to you and it may not pertain to anybody else. Are you operating in alignment with that pattern? I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you again. Cause see, I know, I know what he expects of me. You see that? And no matter what I do, I gotta keep in alignment with a certain pattern. Oh my God. I gotta keep in alignment with a certain pattern to keep the glory of God that's on my life the way that it is and shall be. See that? So do you know what God spoke to you? Y'all got that? Does that make sense? Samson, no razor shall come near your head. You shall not drink any wine, right? Somebody shout, there are instructions. Somebody shout, there is a pattern. Somebody shout, there is an order. There is an order of God for your life that may not pertain to anybody else around you. 
Now the question is, have you discerned that order? And are you endeavoring to align up with that order? Or have you forsaken that order because other people are out of order? Hello? Have you forsaken order because other people are out of order? I'm going to ask you again. Have you forsaken order because other people are out of order? See that? And I've seen that with my own eyes where you have people quitting on what God told them to do because they watch other people out of order. And I'm like, how are you in order responding to people out of order out about, about what? Does that make sense to you? You out of order in protest of those who are out of order. Hello, somebody. And really what matters for the outpouring, outpouring of God in our life and the spirit in our life is that we remain a people of order no matter what is going on around us. Let's stand. Father, we thank you that you're bringing us into divine alignment with something that you have purposed to do in the earth. We thank you right now the times of refreshing from the spirit of the Lord are coming upon the people of God.